Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. As we have already welcomed you to the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, we also want to welcome you to episode 186 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Moving so right along, 186. Move, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're right. we're gonna. It's going to be 200 before we know it. Uh, so uh, we look forward to the. We're gonna have. A, we're gonna have a big party that day. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I hope so. so. That, that would be need, awesome. Get any cake again? Eat some cake and ice cream and have the ladies back. That'd be great. That'd that be would great. be awesome. So, anyways, you listen to the podcast. Uh, take a few minutes to invite someone to listen. Facebook, Twitter. Uh, text them, uh, talk to them personally. It's an opportunity for you to just get people out there and to understand how the Bible connects to what we do every single day. Well, Pastor, we've been talking about parenting these last few weeks, and uh, we're going to take a, a, a turn into a specialized part of parenting, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, so we've been talking about parenting the last couple of weeks, and uh, I shared some things I'm learning in the midst of it. Last time we were together, you shared what you have learned as the parenting expert on this panel, <laughs> and we're going to take one more stab at it today and talk about um, something very specific with parenting and, and parenting boys. Yeah, how to raise our boys. and I don't and, have a clue. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> how to raise them to be godly men you know yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the big deal how to, how to raise them without them how killing to, each other is, yeah that's, that, that's a bit that's a good one i had you know my boys threw each other through walls so yeah I, we haven't gotten we've we've got doors that are damaged right now in our house where things have flown through doors and there's holes i'm like i just ain't gonna fix it because if I, by the time i fix it it'll happen again and my boys <laughs> we have true. a balcony on our house and um, have they dove off that yet or the clothes they haven't dove off, but they, they, they got there. I mean, I remember one time, I, I don't know what happened. I don't remember, but somehow they get, they got out there and they locked themselves outside oh on the balcony. Oh I mean, we heavens. were downstairs. All they had to do is yell and we would have heard them and come up there and let them back in. I mean, uh, but they were locked down the balcony. And so, so my oldest son, Luke, and this wasn't too long ago. It was like a couple years ago or I don't know. He, he was old enough to know better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he threw all of the balcony furniture off of the balcony. It just took it and just chunked it off the balcony. I'm like, why did you? I was trying to get your attention by throwing the, oh my goodness. So oh. I mean, it, it, it is, it, raising boys is, um, they it's, just, it's wild. They just don't think. <laughs> I mean, they don't think. I mean, they I get it. I'm a boy. I don't think yet. either. But yeah, I mean, they, it's just, oh boy. Oh, the things they did. Like, what were you thinking? Well, you weren't thinking. That's the problem. And they just, they're just, um, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a joy, obviously, and it's a challenge all at the same time. You know, when Stacy and I, before we had kids, I always thought, for whatever reason, I was kind of convinced in my mind that we would have, uh, we would have girls, and we we didn't. We uh -huh. had we had boys, and um, I'm, I know there are challenges with girls as well, uh, but there are unique challenges with mm -hmm. boys. And, and so I are. have no experience. You have experience. We talked about last week. You have you have lots of experience raising daughters. Uh, I have none, but I have a little <laughs> bit of experience raising boys, and I don't know if I'm doing it well or not. But what I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not because I'm not there yet, our, our boys are still at a, a fairly young age. Luke is 12. He'll be, he'll be hitting those interesting teenage years here before too long. But And you can tell me this because you probably know from experience, Pops. What I've always heard is boys are harder on the front end and easier on the back end and girls are easier on the front end and harder on the back end is there any truth of that whatsoever yeah 
Girls tend, <laughs> and the reason is, is and praise God, I'm looking forward to easy days coming. Uh, uh, compliance, that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, girls tend to be more compliant. Yeah, boys are not. Right? No, and they're not. So you have this rebellious attitude with the boys. Mm-hmm. You have a compliant attitude, but the girls doesn't it mean reverses. they're not rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. It just means that you don't know it. Yeah, there you go. And it's kind of a shock when all of a sudden they get older and they go off and you go what in the world yeah happened there? yeah yeah i mean i n- nobody likes rebellion we want to you know help our kids to not do that uh but i mean and i guess i don't know if this is the right thing to say or not but if you're going to rebel i'd rather you do it to my face we can deal with it than do it behind my back where i don't know and, you, and it takes me by surprise you know what i'm saying i mean so, i completely yeah agree. yeah yeah but i mean that's uh yeah so we'll see i mean I know it's for us. Um, I mean, I've loved, I love, have loved, I still love being a parent. There's nothing quite like it. But uh, like we've talked about the last couple of weeks, there are some unique challenges and some unique challenges with boys. And here's the reason why I want to talk about this, Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, you hit on this a little bit in the last episode. You talked about how um, even with, with girls, there's something about girls that want the approval of their father, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. even more so than the approval of their mother. Mm. Uh, with boys, that's certainly the case as well. I am convinced. Uh, now, there, there is nothing like um, the influence of a mom in a child's life. Oh, I agree. Moms are nurturers. Moms, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, there's nothing like the influence of the mom. Uh, but there is something very unique about the influence of a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I don't want us as fathers to uh, diminish the significance of the role that we play in the Amen. lives of our children. Amen. Uh, in our you know young girls and in our young boys, I mean that the uh, the influence we play in their lives is just just profound. And so you think about the state of our country and how many fatherless homes there are in our country. And so I, I read a stat here recently that, that said something like this, that one in four children do not have a father in the home. Oh, my heavens. Isn't that wild? So 25% of all homes do not have a father. So, so 25% of homes do not have a father. But So you have 75% of homes that have a father. Well, that, okay, that's a pretty high percentage. But even with that, right, uh, you have lots of fathers who might be in the home who aren't fathering. Mm-hmm. Right, you have lots of fathers who are consumed with other things in life and don't give the time and attention they need to to their kids. and And you think about just the number of fathers, even in Christian circles, mm-hmm. uh, that aren't striving to walk with Christ and model for their kids what it looks like to to follow Jesus. And so, you know, the effect a father has on their child is profound, mm-hmm. and the effect that a father has on their boys is especially profound. Uh, because the reality is, right, I mean, just the way, way life tends to work, um, you reproduce who you are. I was going to say that. That's exactly right. And so who you are as a man, mm-hmm. uh, it may be that's who your kids become. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of keeping that in mind. And so so I want this episode to be directed especially towards our fathers and give us some encouragement and some hope as we parent our boys. The reason why we're talking about boys is because I got them. Uh, and, and, and you got them and we're, you know, in the, and I'm in the midst of that and I'm learning a lot over the, over the years. Um, I don't know, I, because I, I'm the kind of guy that just, just likes to learn things. I've probably read between 30 and 40 parenting books over the years. Uh, and I'm always reading guilty. A, yeah. I'm always reading a parenting book. Yeah. I just, um, and so that's been helpful. Now, again, I'm, you know, some of these parenting books, they, the things they say are a little bit wacky. Some is helpful. I mean, you just kind of, you know, keep the good and spit out the bad. Uh, but but a couple of books that have really been helpful for me. One, uh, I can't remember the name of the author, but it was a book called um, Wild Things. 
because mm. uh, that's what boys are, wild things. And 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 it, it it traced the development of a boy and the different stages of life that a boy goes through and just what to expect. And that was really helpful. One I read here recently was really helpful uh, by a guy named uh, David Thomas. It was uh, called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. There you go. And just really helping you to think about, okay, um, you know, we like to raise rough and tough boys, right? I mean, that, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Uh, but we also want them to have, you know, good emotional Amen. health, how yeah. to process their feelings, how to, you know, handle their anger, how to, you know, whatever, whatever emotions they're experiencing, how to process through those things. And so, so you know, I mean, just just to say, I mean, as I'm, I'm raising my boys to be followers of Jesus, I want to make sure that I'm raising them in such a way that they, uh, they are emotionally healthy, they are spiritually healthy and all those kind of things. So what I want to talk about today is just, uh, you know, just kind of... Um, Eight ways that that we as fathers can better father mm-hmm. our sons. Amen. So let's let's right, jump in. Let's Some of this started. you talked about last time, but so it's gonna be repeat. But I think no, this, good. no, this is good. Uh, number one, give boys your time. Yeah, and you talked about this last week with kids. Just kids in general, they they need time. Mm-hmm. And and so you know, I know in our home, I mean, I've I've tried to make it a priority. And again, we talked about this a little bit last time. There there are some unique strains on pastoral ministry that that pulls us in different directions. I know there are other vocations that are, are pulled as well. Sure. So I know we all are battling for time and all that kind of stuff. But just trying to make it a priority to be home in the evenings mm-hmm. or to on the weekends to set aside that time because I I have seen it in my own boys how much they crave time especially with their father. They love their mom. There's no doubt about it. They love their mom. Uh, but but I see their faces light up when they get time with their father, mm. when they get one-on-one time with their father, uh, when I take Luke fishing or if I go out and ride the remote control cars oh, with yeah. Hudson. You know, that individualized one-on-one time is a big deal to them. Um, my kids tend to argue about um, and uh, I hope it doesn't hurt my wife's feelings too much, but they tend to argue about who gets to ride with me. <laughs> that's you know, neat. because Stacy yeah, and I, neat. we come to church separately, yeah, right. Because you know, I'm, I'm usually here a little bit earlier on the same mornings on Wednesdays. I'm here all day, and so she brings the boys on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings. And so when we go home, it's always who's riding with daddy, who's riding with daddy. They just crave time with their father, right? And I think that's natural for a boy mm. just to want time with their dad. And so just kind of thinking through as a father, what are are we doing that's intentionally investing time? into their lives because they need that time mm-hmm. uh, and that time can be used so well. And so, so I know that's, you, you talked about it last week, pops, we're not going to belabor that point, but, but you know, our boys, they really do need our time as fathers. Yeah. I, I remember my father, I would, same idea. I wanted to go with dad. We would yeah. go on separate trips or same trip, different cars. Yeah. I want to be with my dad because I want to talk to him. And it was that's my right. time that's for those right. hour or two to talk to him, that's me right. and him alone. And that was cool. That's right. So I don't think that's changed in, in, in our new world that we live in. No, I think no. boys still want that time with their dad. That's exactly right. Pick his brain and all those things. That's exactly all right. All right. Number two. Uh, give boys your affection. Yeah, this is a big yeah. one. Yeah, because I know this. I know that there are some children that have grown up and they know their dads love them, mm-hmm. but they've actually never heard their dads say the words. Yeah, I agree. I know. You know, I've heard it. Uh, that, I've heard that, people that, say that. There are many of us men that just have a hard time mm-hmm. expressing affection. And so, I mean, we try to be, I try to be real deliberate about that. I tell my boys every day how much I love them. I try to tell them I'm proud of them on a daily basis. I try to point out things that I, where I see growth and all those kind of things. I, I try to hug him a lot, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. my youngest son especially, he's really affectionate. And I try to hug him and hold him. Luke, Luke's getting a little older. He's not quite as affectionate as he once was. But but still, I try to hug him both every day. I and mean, then like you were talking about, you know, last time, uh, as much as we can, you know, wrestle or whatever the case may be, just, you know, there there's something that if for uh 
uh, a boy, I think, that um, is significant about, about touch, mm-hmm. right? Uh, from their father that's significant about hearing the words I love you I'm proud of you all those kind of things and just so so um, I know that that our our sons because they are wild things because mm-hmm. they're going in a million different directions and because they require a lot of discipline and sometimes a lot of hard discipline it's 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 oftentimes the case where it could be they hear more criticism and correction Ooh, yeah. than they do love and affirmation. And so I know my boys hear a lot of criticism and correction. I'm like you, Pops. I'm hard on my kids, uh, I think in a good way, in a healthy way. Yeah, but, of course. But I'm a, I'm a hard disciplinarian. We're hard disciplinarians. We want the best for them. And so uh, we think discipline is, is, is key. Uh, so I, I know there can be a tendency for them to hear more correction mm. uh, than affirmation. And so I want to be careful about that. I want to be I want to be sure they're hearing how much they're loved by their dad. I want them to be, I want them to be hugged by their father. I I don't want them to ever grow up, you know, and saying as an adult, I never heard my dad say I love you or my dad never hugged mm-hmm. me or I don't I want them to grow up knowing that their their dad cared for them and was there gave them time but also gave them a lot of affection. So that affection, I think as a father, uh, giving that to your and and for some of us as fathers that might be really far because we didn't receive that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as kids, that we might have had a father that wasn't very affectionate. That so generation, just, typically yeah, yeah, was that's very right. That older generation, just that was just different, right? And those, they're just men, just don't don't do those kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there there is there's a, a human craving mm-hmm. for affection, and that's true in your boys. And I I think if we're gonna raise them to be, you know, emotionally healthy, that's part of it, to showing them the proper affection. So time we, and affection, big yeah, things. We have we have a a little. Uh, text thing that we do during football games and at the end when the game's over and whoever's won or lost and we're all mad and all that thing during the game we get to the end and we always tell each other as we sign off love you have a great you know, it's usually yeah, yeah. saturday yeah. have a great day tomorrow in church and all yeah. we, we always say love back and forth me that's and the right. boys that's good and you know that they're old men they're older men now yeah. and they still want to hear that dad loves them absolutely you know? and i love hearing that they love me that's you know right. that's awesome that's right that's good all right number three Think like Solomon. Yeah, think like Solomon. Wow. This is a big one. I never right? thought of this. Go well, ahead. this is good because I I love the book of Proverbs. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, and what I love about the book of Proverbs is the book of Proverbs really is. Now, I know when you read the Proverbs, Solomon is not the only author of Proverbs. It's a collection of wisdom sayings, and there are several other authors included in Proverbs. But but mostly it's Solomon. And the first you know nine chapters are exclusively Solomon. Um, and, and what I like about uh, Proverbs, it is a... Uh, primarily a book written by a dad to his son. Yeah. That's interesting when you look at yeah. it. It starts that I mean, way. It's wisdom. It's God's word for everyone. Yes. So if you're, you know, if you're a young lady or a, a mom or a wife, I mean, it's God's word to you too. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, the original intention, right? Solomon uh, has these sons. One of them is going to be the king. Mm-hmm. They're going to follow in his footsteps, right? And so, man, and, and, and if you're in that role as a king and you know that your son is going to be responsible for the nation someday, well, buddy, you want to give him some wisdom and some instruction. Oh, boy, that and true? so, so, so what I love about, uh, Solomon is it's just full of practical wisdom that Solomon gives to his sons, knowing that there's going to come a day that one of his sons is going to, you know, ascend to the throne and be, you know, the king over. Now, we know how the story turns out. I mean, after Solomon dies, the nation splits and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> you know, in Solomon's mind, I mean, somebody's going to succeed him and ascend to the throne and hopefully, Certainly. you know, reign and rule. But it, it, it kind of goes sour. But, uh, you know, the book of Proverbs really is that wisdom. And you think about it, what I, I love about it um, is in this wisdom, there's a couple of things that Solomon hits on quite a bit. He hits on discipline a lot. 
Mm. Right, like boys, you got to be disciplined. Yeah, right. Uh, look at look at the ant and look at the sluggard. You know, one works hard and the other does. And so, so there's that there's that wisdom that Solomon gives just about discipline. You know, yeah. be disciplined in your life, right? And you know, as a father, I want to teach my kids, you know, the best I can how to be how to live a disciplined life, how to get up and you know have their time with the Lord and how to work hard and all those kind of things. Solomon does that. You think about Solomon uh, over and over again. You know, tells his boys to what to fear God. Yeah, over right? and over. The beginning over, of, of yeah. wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and so this idea of if you're going to have a successful life, the kind of life that that you want to have, and you, you gotta you've got to fear God. And so there's that discipleship that's there, where he's pointing his boys to the Lord and the ways of the Lord. I mean, you think about Solomon and just relationships. He's telling them how to relate to their wives, oh how to yeah. relate with other people, how to use their 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 words. I mean, so there's just all this practical wisdom where where Solomon is just giving his sons, you know, good counsel for life. Mm-hmm. Here's how you live well in a broken world. But then what I really like about Solomon, um, and and if Solomon was writing to his daughters, I'm I'm sure it would have been different. But he would have hit the same themes. Um, Solomon talks a lot, especially in those opening chapters, uh, like chapter seven, for example, is a whole chapter pretty much devoted to this. Uh, Beware of the wayward woman, mm-hmm. right? So so Solomon knows the danger of of you know sexual desire mm-hmm. uh and so he talks about it he talks about the wayward woman that's going to try to woo you away and he pulls no punches he pulls no wow. punches and yeah. so he's not here's here's the one getting to pops he's not afraid to have the conversation yeah yeah that's what i meant i mean it's just right he's out not there. afraid to have the conversation that sexual desire is real. Mm-hmm. He also talks about, right, um, what is it? I think it's Proverbs 6. I can't think right off the top of my head, where he talks about enjoying the yep. wife of it your youth. It is Proverbs 6, right? yes. Proverbs 6, and, and, you know, talks about just the, uh, you know, that that is the the appropriate place, mm-hmm. right, for uh, for you to enjoy, you know, sexual intimacy is in the exactly. context of your marriage. Beware the wayward woman, right? Now, I'm sure if he was writing to his daughters, he would say, beware of the wayward man, right? But he's not writing to his yeah. daughters in that particular part. He's writing to his sons, beware of the wayward woman, right? Uh, but 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 my point again is that 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 Solomon is not afraid to have the tough conversations, mm-hmm. and and we as fathers are afraid to have the tough conversations because I know I was I know when I you know Luke came to that age where it was time to have those tougher conversations. Now we we've always tried to do a fairly good job of of explaining to our boys what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what appropriate touch is, what not appropriate touch is, what what you know early conversations about you know things you should see, things you should not see, all those kinds of things. But to have you know those those more mature conversations i was kind of uh, you know afraid to that's a big deal right mm. uh but i'm very thankful but you did have that it. i did have those yeah, com- and yeah. still have those conversations yeah. because you know it's ongoing kinda, folks it's, it is ongoing in yeah. fact um and i don't know if, if luke doesn't usually listen to the podcast so i think i can say these things and not embarrass him too much um we talk about it all the time. Yeah, you know, I spent like you know, I, I know, and, and most of you know this as parents that that in the evening when your kids are going to bed, that's a good time for some conversation. Amen. And you're kind of getting ready for the night, and uh, just for us, it seems like they're more open to have some conversations as the as the day is ending. Um, but you know, I, I ask him on a regular basis, hey. Uh, what have you been seeing? Have you mm-hmm. seen anything? Has anything? I mean, I, we, we talk. To. About, I mean, we just talk about yeah, it, right? And um, you know, and 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 to make sure that that's in the forefront of his mind that there really is an enemy that wants to trip him up in that area of his life. And I know he's still young; he's he's twelve. But uh, I also have counseled men whose first exposure to pornography was much younger than twelve. Exactly. And so, brother, you better believe I'm talking about it because I, I've, it. I've been working with men um, over the years that that that. Uh, 
you know, have struggled with sexual addiction for mm-hmm. years, uh, and, and it began with an exposure to pornography when they were, you know, seven, eight years old. I don't want that to be my boys. And so I'm going to have those hard conversations because the reality is, and you know, like I do, uh, pornography in particular is an epidemic in our culture. Oh my heavens. You and I did not grow up with the access to it like our children are now. I can't even imagine what they, you know, yeah. You know, and just again, and I I don't want to get on my soapbox here, but I I guess I kind of will. You know, my son is 12 years old and he does not have a phone at all. Mm-hmm. He does not like that because all the kids in his class have a phone. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what every other kid has. I don't think he's mature enough to have one yet. Now, if that's what you do in your home, that's your business. I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do. I'm just talking about what I'm doing in my house with right. my kid because I don't feel like he's ready yet. Uh, but even on that day when I do feel like he's ready, uh, you better believe that that thing is going to, ha- I'm going to have ultimate access over that thing. And we're, we're going to do daily checkups on it. And there's going to be accountability yeah. Yeah. because, because for me as a pastor, I've counseled far too many men, um, who have struggled with pornography addictions for years yeah. uh, because they had unfiltered access yeah. on a, on a, on a screen somehow. Uh, I'm going to do, and, and, and my kids, you know, in the, in the short term might despise me for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't care. I want to, and because that's my role, right? My, exactly. my, my role is to, matter. yeah, my role is to guard their hearts and their minds. Amen. And so, so for us, we're making some tough and, and we might seem overbearing. We might seem strict, but I'm telling you from experience, cause I know it, I've seen it. I've seen the fruit mm-hmm. of what happens when, you know, when, when, when a child has early exposure to pornography and what that eventually produces. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to fight hard for my boys to make Amen. now you again, I, to. I am, I am not the Holy spirit. Uh, you know, I can't change their hearts. I can't, uh, I can't, and I can't make them do the right thing, but I'm going to do my part to make sure that they're in an environment where uh, they, they know what's right and what's wrong and I'll do my part to, 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 to um, help see the spirit of God mm-hmm. at work in their lives. And so for us, I mean, talking about strict, that's one of those areas we're just going to be very strict on, but that's because I'm trying to think like Solomon yeah. I know, because Solomon knew the dangers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, his dad had an affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solomon's going to end up having lots of uh, wives, so he's not going to turn out, you know, uh, making the wise choice himself. But he he certainly did know the dangers, mm-hmm. and and he was not afraid to share with his sons the dangers. That's right. Uh, you know, as far this is the way I say, as far as it's up to me. That's right. In other That's words, right. if, if it's in my power too. I'm going to make sure that that happens That's right. that way. That's right. And I think that's how we have to do. Yeah. All right. Move fast. Yep. Number four. Help your boys find pace. I setters. love this. So we talked about this in our home uh, just last week, right? So you know, Trey, I, I like to run. I've run quite a few half marathons over the years, and and when you run a half marathon as uh, just someone who's a non-competitive runner who just runs them for fun, you go on race day and you find a pace group. Mm-hmm. You know what a pace group is? Pace group is a group of guys or whatever, a group of ladies, whatever the case may be, whoever's running the race, uh, that they all run the same pace. So mm-hmm. they keep you accountable. If I want to go out and I want to run that half marathon and I want to run, you know, eight minute mile for each mile and finish, you know, that marathon, half marathon, an hour, 45 minutes or, or so, then I've got to find that pace group and run it with them the and stay and yep. stay with them. Yep. Or if you, if it's a nine minute mile, you find whatever your, your, your average minute is, right? Your average mile is you find that pace group and you stay with them. It's really helpful to have that pace group Mm -hmm. because you don't fall behind or you don't get ahead. You know, you pace yourself. Mm -hmm. A world-class Olympic runners, they train with pace setters. I'll be. So you talk about no if you're idea. training for the Olympics, you got you going out for your runs. You're 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 running with somebody who's going to help you keep pace. They're training you. Now think My about gracious. this. Think about this. That pace setter who's running with you, what is their goal? To help you. Mm-hmm. 
You think about that that guy that wins the gold medal, right, uh, in the Olympics for running the marathon. He's had pace setters to help train him. And those pace setters weren't running for themselves. Mm. Those pace setters, they were running for that Olympic gold medalist to make sure that he got that Olympic gold medal. So they, went, they knew when to push him and everything that's else. That's exactly yeah. right. And that, and that Olympic gold medalist, you know, he knew to stay with those pace setters. Mm. They were helping him to achieve his goal of winning the gold medal, right? And so I talked to my boys about you need good pace setters. That there are, are people in your lives, right, mm. that all they want is to see you succeed, and they're your pace setters. Right. And you got to stay close to your pace setters. And we've talked also about, you know, um, how, how there are good pace setters, and then there are pace setters who are running a whole different race that you don't need to run. Oh, boy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? that's true. And so, so being able to distinguish between what are the pace setters that are going to help you achieve your goal and who are the pace setters that are going to try to make you run a race that you don't need to run. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And so we talk about it. I mean, and we've identified. I've, I've helped them to identify, okay, in your life, here, here because, man, I, I think about my boys. God has surrounded them with some great men mm. other than me that, that I think are pace setters for them, whether it's in athletics or whether it's in, you know, academics or whether it's in, you know, music, I mean, or just overall spiritual development. God has, has blessed my boys with some very good pace setters, mm-hmm. some men that I think are really helping them to achieve some goals. I'm like, you got to watch those pace setters, stay close to those pace setters. They're, they're, they're in it for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've also talked about their peer group, their friends, their age. Are they good pace setters? They cheering you on, or are they bad pace setters, right? Dragging and so just back. just yeah. helping helping our boys find those pace setters because we we've talked about so many times, pops that that when it comes to parenting, we we don't do it alone. Mm. And oh, oftentimes, no. oftentimes our kids grow up, uh, they're they're going to listen to others uh, more so than they're going to listen to us. And so just making sure that the voices speaking into their lives are good voices that are going to help them. And you know this because we've talked about you have you've heard me talk about this a lot. Um, I've been very intentional as a parent because uh, I do a lot of things wrong, but I think I'm doing this pretty pretty well. I try to be very intentional as a parent uh, to to uh, make sure my boys have some men in their lives Definitely. that are that are speaking into them. I've done my best to try to make sure uh, that they have some good, solid, mature men in Christ pouring into them because uh, to me that's a very big deal. It is. That's exactly right. Yeah, so make sure uh, your boys find some good pace setters. All right. Well, let's get to number five, and that's help your boys live in the real world. Yeah. So help them live in the real world. And I and I, I we, we've talked. We're not going to spend much time here because we can't. But just the, the idea that um, you know there is a uh, an unreal world out there that is very easy to get involved in a digital world. Yeah. Right. And 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 just that reminder that there's something, especially for boys. It's like it's like a moth to a fire. It is. They are drawn into that digital world. You can understand, especially with like video games mm-hmm. uh, that are so action oriented and intense. You think about the different, you know, first person shooter games or sports games. They draw you in, mm-hmm. and you can mindlessly spend hours on those things. And now the way that I mean, it wasn't this way when 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 I was growing up. I mean, uh, we had Super Nintendo and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The Xbox wasn't quite around yet, and. Uh, but now you, you think about how with those digital video games, it's, it's, it's another world because now they're playing video games with people across the world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not only just playing a game, it's become somewhat relational yeah, because now yeah. you're building teams online and all this other kind of stuff. And it's very easy yeah. uh, to, to get involved in a completely different world. And so it's, for me, is I want to help my boys 
to live in the real world, how to interact with real people, right? How to go to Chick-fil-A and place their own order, right? Yeah. How to, you know, make a phone call and actually talk on the phone to somebody. Weird stuff you know, How like to that. open the door for other people, right? Just how do you live in the real world? And so I'm, I'm wanting to help my boys to, to limit their time on a screen, obviously, and to learn how to live in a real world. So, yeah. All right. And I like this one. Don't expect perfection. Yeah. Don't expect perfection because they're not perfect. Mm. I'm not. And so, and, and, and also at the same time for me, don't expect perfection and don't expect my boys to be me. Right. Yeah. Um, That's good. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing my boys that, that they have uh, similar interests that I have, but they also have very different interests that I have. I see, especially my older son, um, he is much more, and I think this is a good thing. He's much more mechanically inclined than I am. I'm not mechanical at all, right? I struggle mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff, but I don't know how, I mean, it's just a natural ability that Luke has ability to, you know, to kind of take things apart, put them back. And he, he's kind of drawn to that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not who I am, mm-hmm. but I want to cultivate that in him. If he, if he leans more that way, right, I want to help him develop that interest and and do something with it. If, you know, if God kind of moves him towards engineering, or I want him to be able to do that. Sure. That is completely out of my wheelhouse. Uh, but he's not me. He doesn't have to be a concert pianist or a pastor. I want him to be who God has made him to be. And, and same with Hudson as well. I mean, uh, Hudson has some some different interests, and I want to cultivate those. So And so don't expect your kids to be perfect because they're not. And then don't also expect them to be you because they're not. Yeah, I think that uh, the the deal is is that we want them to be like us because yeah. we're interested in certain things. That's we right. want them. That's right. But that's where I said, you know, yeah. get into their yeah, world. Get into too. their world. Yeah, and that's yeah. very good, pops. All right, number seven. Show your boys how to live as a man of God. Yeah, this is so huge, right? Because this is, I think, this is where where the downfall is for lots of our boys that they don't have enough. Uh, godly examples in their lives. And the, the greatest godly example they need is the example of a godly father. That's why as a dad, it's so important that they they know that every morning when I'm up before them, I'm up uh, in the Word, spend mm-hmm. time with the Lord. Uh, they they need to see. And again, I, I, I am falling just like everybody else, and I'm imperfect, but we talk in our house all the time. My boys, they, they can right now, they can tell you what the fruit of the Spirit are because we constantly talk about the fruit of the Spirit because that that's godly character, right? Amen. These are things Amen. that you must let the Spirit of God develop in you. And and you talked last time about being the same person at home as you are at church. I mean, I want to do that too. I'm trying my hardest to be that kind of man that wherever they see me, I'm consistent in who I am. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm imperfect. Yes, I fall. Yes, I you know make poor choices sometimes, but I want them to see that I'm patient with them, that I'm loving, that I'm gentle. I mean, I, I want to model that before them because they're going to learn godly character from their father, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to learn character, period, from their father. We reproduce who we are. And so if you're that father who is not walking with the Lord, you're that father who's got that short fuse. If you're that father, right, uh, that that bad mouse people and all those kind of things, don't be surprised if that's what your sons do. You reproduce who you are. Your, Your boys need to see godly character. And then finally, number eight. Show your boys how to live I on mission. I want my boys to know that living for Jesus is uh, the greatest adventure of a Amen. lifetime. And I want them to see me living. I want them to hear about when I share the gospel. I want them to hear about uh, the service I'm doing for the Lord. I want them to hear about that. And I want them to do it with me, right? Mm-hmm. We try, and we we obviously, like everybody else, need to do a better job with that. Uh, but but I want them to see that there's nothing greater in this life than serving Jesus and Amen. his kingdom. Well, Pastor, I think uh, looking at boys, and, and boys— uh, need a dad and what an impact this can make on 
their lives and the lives of others as they are influenced to live that godly character that's right. you talked that's about. Right. That's right. All right, Pastor, we'll close this out as we get ready for next week. Yep. I hope that this has been helpful for you. Amen. If you are a father like I am and you have boys, what a what a blessing of God to be a father with, with sons. Now I'm praying that God would uh, use you in their lives. And so if you like what you've heard today, go ahead and head, hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.